Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Chicago's Afternoon News 720 WGN. I'm Lisa Dent. Thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. You know, I think this subject first bubbled up on the show a month or so ago when we shared information about forever chemicals causing high blood pressure in women over the age of 50. And then we talked to a reporter at the Chicago Tribune who happened to be on with Wendy this morning. She's filling in for Bob Surratt. And there are more articles that have been printed about how forever chemicals are in us and they're causing damage. And you might have seen something in the Trib over the weekend about farmers in the state of Illinois using sludge from the Water Reclamation District of Chicago in their fields, which, of course, then puts it into their plants and If we don't consume it, then animals consume it, and many of us consume animals. So, you see, it's a big issue. So we thought that we'd go to somebody that knows a lot about it, and that is Ned Kalan. She is the chair of the Committee for the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicines, and more than that, he's... You know, he's a, a doctor and an educator and an epidemiologist, associate professor of family medicine at University of Colorado. Ned, how bad are these um, forever chemicals? And in, in, we do all carry them, right? They're in our body already? Yeah, we estimate that probably most people, if not all, in the United States have had some exposure to PFAS in the environment uh, throughout their lives. And so may have low levels and some people may have um, higher levels, just depending on where they are and kind of their routes of exposure. And that's what we're calling them, PFAS, so P-F-A-S. Tell everybody what that stands for. Sure. It stands for per and polyfluoral alkyl substances. It's a class of chemicals of over 12,000 different compounds. And they're used in industry and other products because they're good at repelling oil and water. They, re- they resist heat. And they reduce friction. And they're called forever chemicals because they just don't degrade very quickly in the environment. So we find them in nonstick cookware, um, you know, food, fast food wrappers, waterproof jackets, that stain-proof carpet that we all want. And the state of California has been making this an issue for quite a few years. In fact, don't they have warning labels? I see it pop up on things I purchase in the state of California with a big warning label, but is that the only state that is making their consumers aware of this? I think um, it does vary by state with how much information has gone out around PFAS. I think uh, as you're starting to see with attention by both the EPA, um, uh, the Centers for Disease Control, and now the National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine, we're going to see more reports and more information come out. Uh, And I think uh, both clinicians providing care and patients who may have been exposed will learn a lot more about PFAS in the the near future, I believe. And who's doing the big research projects? I mean, is, is, is there a government project? Is there a National Institute of Health project? Who's investigating this? Yeah, the answer to those questions are all yes. And so um, there have been researchers looking at the impact of PFAS for some time, and they're funded by sources such as CDC and the National Institutes of Health. Um, and 
it's the results of those studies that helped us in our study committee determine um, what uh, conditions and illnesses are associated with PFOS uh, ingestion at higher levels. So you and your committee, a lot of people among you, are saying that this is something we should be tested for by our doctors. And I know that at the National Academy of Sciences last year, I think that suggestion was brought up and some physicians kind of just scoffed at it or, or I don't know, shrugged it off. Well, I, I think in general, you know, the clinicians in the medical care system don't always have the latest information, especially about environmental exposures. And this has been kind of a longstanding issue that the National Academies and others have addressed in studies in the past. And so trying to bring um, environmental uh, issues uh, and environmental public health into the clinician's office has been challenging. And again, something we hope will change. I, I do think that the one thing I would say is that our testing recommendation is really for people who are most likely to have been exposed to higher levels. Um, and we talk about who that is in the report, like if people know their drinking water is contaminated with PFAS or um, they live in areas where uh, PFAS might have been used in firefighter foams like airports and um, uh, military bases, uh, or if there's some other reason or some other study that has found elevated PFAS levels. So the testing is going to be more helpful in people who are more likely to be exposed. But we've all been exposed, and I've been intrigued because, as I mentioned earlier, we've covered this this story, so to speak, for the past couple months. This is Ned Kalange. He's the chair of the Committee for the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicines. And and so I thought, well, I, I'm, you know, I want to be tested. I just want to know what my exposure is. So I went to the CDC's website, and it talks about the very people you talked about, people who live near airports, on military bases, near farms, water treatment plants. They suggest they get tested. But when I read deeper, you know, you can pay and have a test done. But unfortunately, they're like, there's really nothing to do with the information because they don't know for sure what damage it might cause to you further down the road. Now, you are campaigning that every doctor does this test on an annual basis or a semi-annual basis or a one-time test. How often do you think that we should look into this if we're just regular folks and we're not sure about our exposure? I think the one thing I would do is check in to see whether or not you're likely to have an elevated exposure and discuss that with your clinician. Because, again, I think testing is going to be most useful in those people we identify having higher levels. And those are ones that should discuss testing with their usual source of care. I think you want to make sure that the clinician you're working with talks about the risks and benefits of testing. Because if, if you test and you find that you're a high level, um, kind of what are you going to do with that information? And the report covers that. It actually talks about different levels and action levels for clinicians and patients to make different decisions. So if you're low, a low level, um, and it's below two nanograms per milliliter, I know that's just the number, then the chance of an adverse health effect um, due to PFOS exposure is, is really not expected. And then there's a really high level above 20 nanograms per milliliter where there's an increased risk of adverse health effects. And there's that big gray area in between, two to less than 20. And those are areas where we do 
recommend that uh, patients in that range make sure they get the usual standard screening tests for different conditions we identified associated with PFOS exposure. So the, the tests aren't new, and in fact, in that range, we don't actually recommend more testing. We just say, make sure you get the testing we already recommend. Okay. All right. And um, where can people read your report? If you go to the National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine website, I will tell you the way I do it. I type in N-A-S-E-M, then a space, and then PFOS into my browser, and it will take you right there. And I know uh, when I typed in Forever Chemicals, the CDC came up, and they had a couple pages on it as well, and I found it intriguing because, of course, this is new to most of us. I know it's been on your radar for a long time, but for the rest of us, we're just learning about it and um, certainly want to be aware of it. So thank you for joining us. I hope people check out your report, and we appreciate you joining us on Chicago's Afternoon News. Thanks so much, Lisa. That is Ned Kalange. Hey, Steve's got your news coming up next on 720 WGN. Lisa Dent, WGN.